Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, hey, it's Gunnar Esiason. Uh, we are back for a very special Valentine's episode of Breathing, joined by Tiffany Rich, as always, and our two very, very, very special friends. Um, and I'm going to let them talk about themselves here in a moment. I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, if you recall, last year we did uh, a Valentine's series, actually, um, for as much as I don't love the holiday valentine's day we dedicated an entire week of podcast to it um but i'm gonna let uh our very special guests introduce themselves for people who may be new to the podcast and who may not know them so uh darcy why don't you go first hi everybody my name is darcy i am gunner's girlfriend um i am also a psychotherapist i specialize in trauma i work in an emergency shelter for human trafficking and violence victims but the most important role in my life is that I am the mother to a beautiful one-year-old Jack Russell named Blink. Oh, Blink. So thank you, Darcy, for joining us. And then now, Jeff. Wow. All right. Didn't have anything prepared for that. But I'm Jeff. Uh, I'm Tiffany's other half, as you guys probably know. Um, what do I do? Like everybody else here, I work in healthcare. Shocking. <laughs> and um, yeah, in this spare time, what do we do? We just enjoy cooking, movies, and uh, hiking. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Um, today we're going to get into it. So what we did, actually, is if you're following us on Instagram, we put a, a few prompts out there uh, over the past couple of days, and we had people talk about topics that they wanted to hear about. So, um, you know, one of the questions that we asked was, does CF make difficulty, does CF make dating difficult, yes or no, and why? Another question that we asked was, um why do you think it's hard to tell a person that you're dating with CF or, or is it not hard to tell a person that you're dating that, that you have CF? And then if you're a significant other, meaning you're a person that doesn't have CF, do you feel comfortable talking about CF with them? So we had a, a lot of you out there answered those questions on Instagram, did a really great job. Uh, so think of this as kind of like an interactive uh, podcast. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of just go from it. So for Jeff and Darcy, I want to invite you guys to just kind of jump in at any point when we're talking. Uh, we're in the the trust tree right now, so this is the no judgment. Space, huh? This is the no judgment zone uh, on Breathing Podcast. Um, so we're just gonna get right into it. Um, so you know, first when it, when it comes to dating someone with CF, we'll, we'll go kind of go through the the way we ask the questions. Does CF make dating difficult? Yes or no? Um, I think yes and no. But one of the more uh, interesting things uh, that uh, that that people did respond, and we had quite a few of these, was that at times, yes, CF does make dating difficult because it's all about finding the right person who will be willing to take on that role. So I want to know, Jeff and 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 Darcy, what what do you think about that? Is it you know? Do you feel like you're playing a, a special role in our our lives with CF? Don't don't all jump in at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of you. 
I think, I think, yes. I think one thing that Karara, we've talked about, and I think we might have even talked about it on the podcast, is sometimes there's a narrative out there that's very black and white, that there's some people who can handle it, and there's some people who can't. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot more gray than that. I think when we started dating, I didn't know if I could handle it. You know, I didn't come into it being like, you know, absolutely so down. I know how I'm going to handle it. I know how I'm going to cope. It's something that took time, and it's something that we did together. And I, you know, probably a few months before I truly felt comfortable. Um, so I think being able to kind of wait in that middle ground of, can I take on this role? What is this role? Because you don't even know what it is at the beginning. So I think that language can kind of minimize the reality of how it actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, comment on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I think Tiffany would tell you the same thing. I kind of just go head first in. So without even knowing anything about CF or what it stood for, I was already in. Um, So it was just a learning game from then on. And I think that the way Tiffany did it, uh, the way that she kind of explained it to me and talked about it with me, it was very open. It was never a secret. It was never something she was hiding or ashamed of. So I think that that kind of helped. We had that level of comfortability right from the get-go to talk about it. It wasn't something that she felt she needed to hide from me, um, at least I hope. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, from then, it was just kind of a partnership, her teaching me and mm-hmm. me just being there to support. Yeah, I, I think uh, one thing, Gunnar, that you did that really facilitated that comfortability that Jeff is talking about, that communication, is you probably told me at least a dozen times, like, it's okay to ask questions. You know, I think if you had told me that once, I would have been like, oh, he's just saying that because he's supposed to be saying that. But that you're constantly reinforcing. It's okay to ask me questions. I don't mind if you ask me questions about CF. I don't mind if you ask me personal questions about CF. That's how we were really able to talk about some of those more complicated things early on. And that's what built our trust. And that's what built my role. And that's what made it a lot easier, I think. So kudos to you on that one. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important to be transparent in the beginning. You know, I, I, there are some people out there who you may, may struggle initially, at least, to talk about uh, CF. Um, and, and we do, we have talked about this before, and, and being able to effectively talk about yourself is, is kind of a skill that people have to build. And, you know, believe me, you know, when I you know, started going on little dates when I was in high school, you know, I certainly wasn't able to talk about CF then as I can now. Um, and, you know, also back then, you know, may not have been quite as big of a, a part of my life simply just because I was healthier and, uh, you know, it, it kind of didn't really manifest itself in a way that could, uh, at least in my you know mind back then when I was, you know, 17 years old, it wasn't like really a, a thing that was really hindering my, my, my well-being in my, my daily life. But I, I also think, you know, to answer this question from like the patient side of things, mm-hmm. like I, I definitely know that I do look for people, and I found somebody who is able to effectively play the role that I was looking for. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I not gonna have somebody in my life who's gonna like drag me down, or someone who's gonna not be able to, uh, you know, cope with the hard days of CF or be willing to learn about CF. Because believe me, I, you know, I plug your ears, Darcy, but I did go on plenty of dates before I met Darcy where I met those kinds of people who you know weren't <laughs> you know who you know who really weren't either compatible with like, my personality or they weren't compatible with my CF and a lot of my time it was my personality. You know, just my 
who I am may not have meshed with who they were. And that's not, that's not, like that's just going to happen. You know, you're not going to you're not going to meet every single person and feel like that person is the one. You know, yeah, no. <laughs> you know it's like you know, like like I always like love tell the story. Like, the, so the bean pot is is the is the college hockey tournament in New England between BC, Harvard, uh, Northeastern, and Boston University. Uh-huh. And when I was a junior, I'll never forget this. I I had tickets. I had great tickets to the championship round. Boston College, BC was playing Boston University. And it was like BC was on like a bean pot streak, and I loved the bean pot when I was a student there. So I was like, "What more would a girl at BC want than to go to the bean pot with me?" And so I had these great tickets. I invited this girl that I had kind of been talking to for a little bit. You know, no, no, no real. She, you know, I knew her a little bit. She's, and uh, you know, we had the bean pot, and the game was about to go into overtime. The championship game of the bean pot is about to go into overtime. And the girl looks over at me and she goes, "I might go home. I don't really like hockey. It's getting late, and I have a test tomorrow." <laughs> and I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like, BC's playing BU, and we're going about to go into overtime. The championship. You want to go home? And she's like, she's like, yeah, I really do want to go home. I was like, well, you're going home by yourself. I'm not, I'm not leaving. And that was the last time I, that was the last time I talked to her. So what I'm trying to say is, sometimes personalities may not mesh, and it, it has nothing to do with CF. The CF did not play any any factor of that. Because so. CF's just a part of you, so it's not your whole thing, you know, your whole persona. Yeah. So, like when I was in high school, I didn't really talk about it that much until like. I needed to, especially when I think when I got into the late, like sophomore, junior and senior year, I got sick a lot and I was in the hospital. And of course, I had a boyfriend at the time and it was a new relationship. And I had to like say, oh, I'm in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And he wouldn't come to the hospital. He said, I don't like hospitals. I hate them. I'm Mm -hmm. like, "Okay, this isn't going to work. So bye. (laughs) You know, so Uh you know. Figure out people that are going to actually go through it with you. And, of course, Jeff has gone through everything. It's actually our seven and a half years. So he's gone through everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he's gone through the ups and the downs. Yes, he has gone through the ups and the downs. Been through everything. It's a roller coaster. (laughs) Definitely. I, I can tell you, I once described CF as a roller coaster to someone, and they like got offended. They were like, "You mean it's like a ride?" I was like, "No, it's oh, like there's nice. ups and downs. Like, relax." <laughs> um, yeah. uh, okay, so speaking of that, like you know, you guys had just talked about going through some ups and downs. I, I wonder if you guys feel this emotion. And there's another thing that kind of was a reoccurring theme throughout the questions that we asked. Someone responded to one of the questions. I feel guilty a lot for having. Uh, for having my boyfriend have to deal with CF stuff, although he is always reassuring me that it's okay otherwise. Um, you know, what, what, what is that? Do you, you guys feel like, you know, feelings of, of guilt or, um, are there, you know, times when you feel sort of like, um, you know, because I know people will say, if I feel guilty a lot of time I for having to, guilt. I feel guilty to when I have to be like, I can't go places or, I can't be physically somewhere because of me being sick or, you know, it's not in the cards at that time Mm -hmm. to go out and do stuff. I always feel guilty. And then just having to say, like, we can't go to a certain event, you know, it's like. It just makes you feel bad. But I want to feel, yeah, so I feel the exact same way too. You know, I have those exact emotions. Now I want to, I want to hear from the other side. Like, okay. do you get, do you sense the guilt coming from us in those moments? And how does that make you feel? 
Oh, definitely. And I think, I think it makes me, I mean, personally, it makes me feel bad uh, because these situations are just beyond our control. I mean, we get sick, we don't feel well. Back to the spoon theory, right? I mean, if you only have two spoons today and you got to choose what you're going to do, I can't blame her for not having any energy to want to go out and do something. And at the same time, it's not right for me to feel bad because she feels bad. So I think it's this constant roller coaster that we talk about where if she's down, I have to be super up to kind of balance this back so that we can be level. Um, and then there's days where it's the reverse, right? So again, it's just that roller coaster, man. It's that ride. It's sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's not, but we're on it. So mm -hmm. this reminds me of a conversation that I had with you, Tiff and Leah. It was the three of us. And I remember Leah shared the story of how she had been at the beach with Paul and oh, there was a day or two where she they couldn't go to the actual beach. They just had mm -hmm. to stay inside and she had to rest. Yeah. And I remember her saying, you know, I say to Paul over and over, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And he his response to it was, it's fine. I don't care. Yeah. And that's the exact same way I feel when when things come up where I know you feel guilty or gutter or we have to stay in or cancel plans. I genuinely just don't care. But I mm -hmm. also at the same time, like, I know that just me saying I don't care is not that satisfying for <laughs> for you. And I know people probably have doubts like, well, you should care or, or things like that. So it sometimes can be hard. We hit a wall in articulating, you know, I I don't care if we have to deal with the CF roller coaster and, and things like that. So I think that's another piece to it is you can feel guilty. And then on our end, we have a hard time reassuring you that yeah. you shouldn't feel guilty. Absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, the reassurance for you guys, giving you the answer, it's okay, we don't care, is almost like Gunner if we said we were going to go out and do something and Darcy replies, it's fine. Right. Reassuring <laughs> answer. You know, it's not fine. And so now you got to change your game. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, we don't care. It's fine, but you guys won't interpret it that way. So it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, like power struggle. I think I mean, power struggle may not be the right word. It's a weird, like dynamic, I guess, because you know, it like, for some reason, like sometimes, especially when you're feeling sick, like my mind strays like the worst possible thing. You know, it's like, it's like okay, now I can't do this because now my all of a sudden my my responsibilities are backing up. And next week when I am feeling good, like I'm gonna have to be catching up for like the next week and a half of my life. How am I gonna get my my you know my life back on track? It's gonna be a pain in the ass, right? And like those those feelings of guilt start to check on to you because like you know you start canceling one thing, then you cancel another thing, then you cancel a third thing. Like I'll, I'll you know never forget you know one of the this is probably, I don't know, two years ago now, Darcy invited me to go to a wedding. And, like, literally the day before, it was like, oh, wait, I can't go. I have pneumonia. You know, like. It wasn't the day before. It was that morning. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was, it was like a last second thing. And, like, yeah. I, look, I like looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, this is horrendous. I can't do this. <laughs> and. Uh, so I sat next to an empty chair at the whole wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Thanks for making me feel great. And, like, uh, like you know, it's like, it's. You, it's almost like waiting to, like, break the news that, like, I'm not going to be coming. Like, that's probably the worst part of it, you know? Like, I, like in the time between, like, making the decision of, okay, I probably shouldn't go to this wedding with Darcy, and the time, like, and then hitting the send button on the text or the call button, you know, like, that, like, I don't know, five-minute stretch feels like it's an eternity of, like, how is this going to go? What's going to happen? Is she going to be pissed? I know, like, they already paid for the, you know, the you know they already paid for the, my, my dinner plate kind of thing. Like, the, the, those are the kinds of things that, like, like go through your head when you're in the middle of, like, interrupting these plans kind of thing. 
Um, and I, I wonder, like, Tiffany, do you have like a strategy to avoid that? Because I know you probably feel the, the same emotions too. Like, even when it's like not like canceling plans with Jeff, like you're canceling plans with your parents, or you know, like your friends, or you were going to go to the gym, and all of a sudden, like you're sitting there and you're like, oh wait, actually, I have to throw up. You know, like maybe I shouldn't go to the gym. You know, that's yeah. like the I have those little battles with myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had times that I couldn't go to certain things, and. Even if if it wasn't Jeff, it was my friends, and they would ask me to come, and I would hesitate to tell them, even though I know that most time they'll understand, but to just say, sorry, I can't go, even though you, like, really want to go, it's really hard to actually tell them and say, you know, my CF right now is not not good, and I can't handle it um, going anywhere, so... It's like, I don't know, you just feel really bad. It's back to the, like, guilt thing, you know? Like, people Fine. are depending on you to go somewhere, <laughs> and then you don't, you know, you can't, you can't go with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's funny you say that, because now if I think about the last several years, any time there's been a time where a gunner has had to cancel, so let's say we have weekend, but we have Saturday plans, and... Tuesday rolls around the Tuesday before and Gunner starts to not feel well. Gunner will text me something. Hey, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really feeling well. I don't know how this will affect our plans on Saturday. Yeah. And I say, it's okay. That's fine. We'll cancel. And he'll say, no, no, no. We'll play it by ear. Wednesday. He says the same thing. Thursday. Mm-hmm. He says the same thing. Friday. Mm-hmm. He says the same thing. Saturday morning. He's like, I don't know if I can go tonight. And I'm like, Gunner, I've known since Tuesday that we're not doing something. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know? So it's, it sounds like that pulling the trigger piece right. is, is hard when I think for us we're more you know I, I, we're understanding I would be have been fine with that on Tuesday and I am I don't think there's been a time where I've reacted in a way that's been so negative but, but you yeah, definitely I, haven't I, I mean like I think yeah, it's, it's like it's taking you three years to to really feel that trust that I'm gonna be okay with it I, I mean I, I still do the same thing with my parents too you know like I'll have like something like set out way in the future and then yes yeah. I, I now that you talk about that like I do definitely like try to convince myself otherwise up until the last possible moment I guess that's something I need to work on um <laughs> But I, I kind of want to change the topic here. You know, we have we have a lot to go through. So um, another thing that uh, people have talked about is, is is a body image thing. The cross between like uh, you know having a, a visible indication of the illness, whether it's you know a feeding tube or a port or oxygen, uh, you know, also balanced with the invisible illness side of it, where people you know otherwise they kind of appear healthy, but they may actually be you know in a very you know you know advanced stage of the illness so you know i'm wondering this is really a question for jeff and darcy here like was there when when coming across you know like the the indication of the illness whether it be an invisible symptom or something that is explicitly visible you know what was that first time like was it you know like was that when the illness i guess became real in the relationship or was that something that uh you know sort of like you just didn't even pay any attention to you know, one thing that I remember <clears throat> early on was Tiffany has a port, right, in her chest. And I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Where is this going? Like, <laughs> I would knock it or something, and then she would go, oh, that's my port, and be protective of that area. So that was something that <laughs> oh, that's why? I didn't realize, right? I mean, I didn't know what a port was, but she's got a port there, and now I know what it is, and I've been hitting it. And, and it's the same thing with me. I had a sensor in my arm, right? <laughs> Tiffany, for the longest time, would brush my arm and, you know, oh, look out for the sensor. So yeah. it's just things like that, little hidden things we don't really think to tell people because in our lives they're normal to us, but to them they're like, I don't have any of that. So 
I think it was just kind of discovering that, but I mean, we had fun with it. A little bit of pain involved, but. That's a good one. I think my biggest wow moment was probably one of the first times that I think we were probably just like lying down together and I put my head kind of, you know, that spot, like put your arm spot and your heartbeat was really fast. And I've never heard a heartbeat that fast. And that was kind of like, whoa. But mm-hmm. then, of course, I got used to it, and that's, like, my favorite spot to be. So, clearly, it wasn't a turn-off or anything. <laughs> but that was kind of like, oh, an oh moment. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it hit that Zopinex. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's, like, yeah, I, I can imagine that being a, you know, surprising thing. Um, you know, I, I think for, especially for the G-Tube life, you know, I think that's kind of one of those things that some people do have body image issues. We were talking about that last week with Rima, um, you know, about how the G-Tube is definitely something that, like, it's kind of in a weird spot. It's also not, like, hidden very well. Um, and, you know, I, I think to say something to reassure those people is that, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier, when you find someone that's going to be able to play that role for you in the relationship, uh, that's going to be one of those things that's, like, it is it is what it is. It's just there, and it's not at all like a hindrance. You know, I told a funny story where like my YouTube leaked, and Rema talked about the. the okay, the, enough of all these exes, <laughs> prior girls. But like, no, but Rema also told the story where like the, just going to disconnect randomly. Hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. That was ten years ago. Come on, relax. You know, it was. <laughs> You know, but also, like, remember told the story where the, the red wine went through her G-tube. Like, so weird things like that are going to happen. They're unavoidable, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, you're just going to have to, like, assume, the, like, you have to own it. You know, you have to own the yeah. fact that those things are going to happen, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just the way it goes. Um, well, and, you know, with scars, it's yeah, like... It's also another part of it. You have to live with it because you have it. But, like, mine, my, I have a scar that's horizontal from the meconium alias surgery. Mm-hmm. And I used to only have that one in my, like, G-tube um, scar. That's all I had. And I was so self-conscious of it for so long. And I would hide it as much as possible. If I had a bikini on, I'd put my arms around, like, you know, cross them and put them where it was. Because I was so self-conscious about it. And I didn't want anybody to see it. But now I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I have all these other scars too now. So I just embrace it. So I feel like people need to, like, start... Mm-hmm. that they're not that bad they're gonna be there but it's it's honestly just your battle wounds you know it's all yeah bad. yeah <laughs> i'm like kind of into scars <laughs> yeah no. Shut up. I, my scars are really lame i just have them all over my arm for dick lines like, yeah. like tiffany is like scar tissue <laughs> like that that's what you are now you know and it's, it's awesome um so another thing that a lot of people have been saying you know another common comment was that people are concerned about what uh the person they're dating may say to their friends or to their family members you know like or what their friends and family members may say to that person so for example like you know i in let's say in darcy and i's case like me as the cf person Am I concerned about what Darcy's friends are going to say to her? You know, oh, Darcy's, you know, it'll get get around. No, Darcy's dating someone with a CF. Like, you know, it's a a talking point because people love to gossip. And people, you know, have a a valid concern about, you know, what is going to be going on in that person's world when they're not around. So I'm wondering, you know, did did your friends say anything, you know, about uh, dating someone with CF or your parents? You know, what what was, you know, was that something that came up? You know, to be honest, it's something that I never really even thought of until, 
you know, I think Garcia and I, you and I were talking about it maybe like a year ago or so, where you were saying how, you know, you, you brought up to the fact that, you know, some of your friends, you know, were wondering what it was like kind of thing to be dating someone with CF and having to deal with those illness kinds of things. So what, what, what is that like on that side? Going. <laughs> I definitely fielded a lot of questions, inquiries, comments, unintentionally slightly offensive comments. Still do. Comments like, oh, I knew someone would see if they died. Um, things like that. One interesting one that I get is when people find out I'm dating a person with CF, they go, oh, so he must be healthier than normal though, right? Which is interesting. That's one I like didn't expect. So I think people assume for me to be dating someone with CF, I would only be dating someone with CF if they, you know, had mild CF, which mm. is a weird one. And I'm like, no, he's pretty standard. <laughs> standard. Um, so that's an interesting one. I also kind of get ones where people are trying to be nice and like, wow, I could never do that. And I'm kind of like, I think you'd be just fine. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I get some of those. It's never been, you know, I've never like taken something so to heart that a friend or someone has said, mm-hmm. but and I've never had a problem with it. It's kind of an opportunity to explain it and teach them about CF. A lot of people have never heard of it at all. Right. Um, someone once said to me, like, oh, it's pretty common, isn't it? And I was like, no. Not really. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really mind fielding those things, and I don't say it's, like, super influenced me in any way, but it absolutely 100% comes up, comes up frequently. Like, is, is there ever a time when you, like, you feel the need to, like – Tell me about. Sorry to cut you off, Jeff. We'll, we'll, no, I, you feel like you're bursting at the seams here. We'll get to you in a minute. But like, is there like, is there a time when you feel like, oh, I need to like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, is it? Is are you at the point where you just kind of expect it, or would you say you're more like still just kind of surprised that people even ask those questions? I don't think I've ever been surprised. I'm as a therapist, I'm super nosy in general, so I'm I'm not surprised when people ask nosy questions. <laughs> I would I would ask the same questions. I did, yeah, I don't I don't take offense. I don't think it's surprising. I think it's totally normal. And like you said, I think people are usually either saying it out of curiosity yeah. or concern about what I might be going through now that I have a person who's chronically ill in my life. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right, so no, Jeff, it's your turn. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, hold on. Let me. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So what it was is, I mean, kind of what Darcy was saying that people were like, Oh, I could never do that. And then you have some people out there who look at you as like the saint that you took on this case that nobody else would have taken like a lawyer who took a really bad case. You're like, you're a saint. Like, Oh my gosh, you're so kind. And you're so amazing. Yeah. for this. And it's like, I don't think you realize what I'm getting out of this, but I mean, yeah. So it's kind of, it comes back to education, right? It's educating these people what CF is. I mean, kind of the history of it and the steps and where it's going to lead to and what we're going to do about it. But um, opportunities like that are just meant for education. As we were kind of saying, it's rare. There's not a lot of people who've heard about this. If you're walking down the street, most people aren't going to know what CF is. So, I mean, when they make these comments, I just view it as opportunities to educate them. Yeah. Yeah, Tiffany, did you ever have those fears? Did you ever, like, were you ever concerned about, you know, maybe what people were saying? Or was that something that, you know, ever really kind of invaded your life? For me, it wasn't really something that I really ever even thought of. Like, I remember when you told me, Darcy, that people, like, would you ask you about it? Like, it was, like, something that, like, kind of blew me away. I was like, why would people care about me? Right. <laughs> you know, like, why do people care what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that's kind of how I approached it. Yeah, um, I was always kind of scared that people 
would say something because like see me as a sick girl and whatever kind of thing when I was growing up as I got older and you know I told Jeff very early that I had CF and I kind of you know he knew what it was now and he knew what he was getting into for the most part and he stuck through it so I didn't really um you know with other people I didn't really care if they said anything um a lot of people come up to me and say they don't know what to say when you tell them you have cystic fibrosis they say oh it's like oh my friend's friend died of it or something like that and i'm like oh thanks okay i'm sorry for your loss like what am i <laughs> supposed what I wanted to, to say to that <laughs> you know and that's how i've always seen it and i know leah had um had said that she was always scared of people talking about her uh, CF, like a significant other's friends or um, a family. And I know she always had that fear as mm -hmm. well. So, you know, I, I wasn't too, you know, I, as I got older, I didn't really care when I was younger. Yes. But now I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I kind of same thing. Like I, I was always like kind of like the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me kind of thing growing up. And like, I mean, maybe a weakness, but like to not really care what other people think about me. But, um, but I guess that's just kind of the way that I've operated. And Darcy, your smile obviously <laughs> indicates what you think about that. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, that's kind of just the way I've, I've been, you know, like the haters are going to hate, but how are they going to hate that they can't even get inside the club? You know, that's, that's kind of like my, that's my mantra there. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so another thing is, um, this is also something that I never really thought about too much. Um, but you know, it, it seems like life expectancy does scare people when it comes to dating. You know, this is kind of like I guess the darker side. This is probably gonna be the low point of the podcast here. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where like, is it something that you think about when you're going to date? Like, it's all like I almost come across some people that are like, you know, why would I even start dating if I'm not gonna, you know, live very long? But you know, me, right. I, I have never had those feelings. Like, I've never had the feeling that is like, you know, there's there's some sort of time stamp on this or there's some sort of like you know sprint through life like you know I've always kind of approached life that like I'm you know happy to go through the normal motions of life but maybe I've had to mature a little earlier than than the, than the normal person what is normal but like I, I've always felt that you know I'm happy to go at like an average pace through life I don't have this like, this desire to sprint through things and get them right. all done yeah and I always think anybody can die at any point you know what i mean like it's not just it's just not it's not just now you know like it's not like at 37 i'm gonna pass away like you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's not that yeah you know it's it's definitely one of those things that like i think it's overhyped like people just love to you know they, when you when you come across someone with an illness, you always want to know what survival is, what the survival rates will be. You know, think about any time you you read about you know illnesses or whatever. You watch it on like you know on Grey's Anatomy or yeah. I used to love watching House when I was younger. And like the the first question after like the illness diagnosis was like achieved, it was like okay, this is how long you have left to live. Like I I always say that it's like bizarre that even. Like today and the today like CF generation with like how far we've come, that people even like put that that timestamp on somebody. Like I still think it's crazy that when people are diagnosed, their doctors are still like, okay, yeah, you know, you can expect this child to live to be thirty years old one day or something like that. Like that's a weird thing that like 
it's so hard to really gauge or have a you know a projection on what's going to happen in life. So I want to know from you guys, was that something that you guys thought about, um, especially as you know you've seen people get sick. You know that's probably what kind of think when those things, those emotions may kind of you know show up, is when you know. Uh, you know, the, 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 the real, like, nasty side of CF shows up. Well, yeah, when, like, going through a double lung transplant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. So, I'm wondering from your end, you know, from your end, is that, you know, did you ever have, like, hesitations about that? Did you ever bring it up with anyone? Did you ever talk about it, either with us or, uh, you know, someone in your own, your own life about it? I mean, I think that kind of goes back to the last question we were discussing, too. I mean, when you're telling friends that you're dating someone with CF, the first thing they think about is chronic illness expiration date, right? I mean, what is the expiration date for this person? So I think that it's come up in that sense. It's never really come up as a discussion. Like I, I don't see us making it that long. I mean, we don't really talk like that, but it's definitely come up from the people who are not very educated about it. I mean, that's the first thing they ask is how long are they going to live or how long are they expected to live? So in that sense, the conversation happens, but with my friends, my family, uh, with Tiffany, I don't think we've discussed it. We kind of live by the motto, you know, like plan for today and be grateful for tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. we're just, we're here right now. So we're just going to make the best of it. Yeah. I used to definitely think about it a lot. Probably the whole first year of our relationship, it was something that I worried about because who I am naturally is a five-year plan person, a 10-year plan person, Mm -hmm. and I had to throw all that kind of out the window. But then I put on my therapist hat, and I'll put it on again for a second. So a cognitive distortion is a thought that's either um, irrational or unhelpful. Now, thinking about life expectancy when there's real life expectancy stats is rational, but it's super unhelpful. So me having those thoughts, I realized this isn't helping me. This isn't helping my relationship. This isn't going to make Gunnar live any longer. So why am I having these thoughts? And I don't think I've thought about it in probably two and a half years. It's kind of the same thing, you know, as Jeff was saying, I, we are where we are now. I love you today. I love you tomorrow love you in 10 years 20 years 50 years and it's not something that i just don't worry about it mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I that's a good way of putting it that it's, it's a rational thought but it's not not helping anyone. It's not helpful. Um, but you know, I I think that you know, it, it, it's, it's you can certainly see why some people are consumed with it. You know, I think some people certainly some people with CF are you know, it's it's certainly more prevalent in their lives than in those other ways. You know, I was very very sick. You know, five years ago after I graduated college, I was you know, went through the, the phase where I was you know on oxygen and I couldn't do anything. It was like a horrendous point in my life. But I never still that, that those things never crossed my mind where it was like okay I'm gonna die, <laughs> you know like I you know yeah I was in a really bad place with my health like things were going the wrong way very very quickly, but mm-hmm. like in that moment you have a choice and like I made the choice to you know not worry about those things and to you know, take control of my health and get me back to where I am today and I think yeah. you know from the other side from you know, Jeff and Darcy's perspective if I had to guess like you guys have that choice as well too you know you can choose to either let that consume you or you can choose to you know live like all of us with CF do you know once you're on the team here like you guys are on the team you know you have to you know buy into the team strategy you know the team is only as strong as the weakest player and if you're going to be a weak player you're going to get cut from the team you know, yeah, like that's, you know, that's just, that's just, that's just part of the way life goes. Um, but luckily you guys are both good, good, strong players on the team and we've kept you around. Um, but like, you know, I've also, but I believe me, I've cut plenty of players in the team, you know, not, you know, maybe some friends here or there that just haven't really done a good job. Like, you know, they get the pink slip, they're gone. 
Yeah. You know, like that, I don't, I don't need that in my life. So, um, you know, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like where you, wherever you line yourself up, and wherever you want your teammates to be, that's what's going to happen. And uh, you know, I think that's that's kind of uh, you know the way that that conversation kind of goes. Um, but uh, you know, let's 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 change direction from that uh, talking point and talk about some other things here. Uh, the final sort of question that we asked of some people was: If you have a significant other, do you feel confident, uh, comfortable talking about them with CF? So, from uh, so if uh, this is kind of like from your perspective here, do you guys feel comfortable talking about CF with us? Like, do you feel comfortable bringing it up, or do you feel like you're crossing a, a line? Um, you know, obviously, all of us we've all been kind of dating for a long time. Uh, so, I'm thinking, you know, earlier in the relationship. Like Darcy, did you feel comfortable bringing up CF, you know, on your own terms without, like, you know, me triggering a conversation about it, um, or you know, without me, you know, kind of being in the middle of a symptom or something? You know, did you ever? Did, did you remember recall a time when you felt comfortable bringing it up? Yes, but like I said earlier, you gave me permission to, and that was big. So if I could give any advice to a person with CF who is going through this piece give permission to the other person to ask those questions, to bring it up and give permission more than once. You know, I Mm. still ask you tons and tons of questions about CF, questions that there's been points where you don't even know the answer to them. You've had to go check with your doctor and get back to me. Um, We we talk about CF a lot. I think a lot of it is part of your job as you do do patient outreach as your job, but we talk about CF every day. Yeah. We talk about it every day. And I think that, that, I mean, it helps, I think, you know, as it's your thing, you're the patient, but it's nice if we're talking about, you know, the team, you know, I'm on the team with your family and, and with your friends and to have, to feel like we have that piece of it together makes it easy to talk about. Was there ever a time that you like felt like weird about asking a question though? You know, I mean, yeah, we talk about CF a lot. I think it's also, I think it definitely has a lot to do with the job, certainly my job. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, I think more of like, I, th- I guess really the, the, the conversation is like personal CF questions. Like, you know, like, like was there a time when you have like, like I remember a time, like the very first time I mucus puked in front of you. Like I remember that being like a very weird moment for me because like it's like a mucus puke is a very like outward indication that you're not feeling good. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like. But do you remember what happened after? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I did. You cleaned it up. So like, you know, yeah. So but, but what I'm saying is like from that, from my perspective, though, that was like a weird thing yeah, and, and it worked out. And, and it all worked out. So, like, you know, I guess the question really is, you know, are, do you, and this is, a, this is a question, like, I think for those significant others who may be listening, you know, and who may want to talk about different things with people with CF, you know, was there a time when you, like, you know, you kind of, like, thought about it beforehand and then the question finally came up? Or, um, you know, is there, or do you just kind of feel like because that I gave you that, that latitude, it, it's kind of just been like a, a, a fluid conversation? I have to defer to Jeff on this one because I ask very personal <laughs> questions for a living. So no, I have never had yeah. a moment where I've hesitated asking you a That's personal true. question. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think one time I did hesitate was, I mean, Tiffany, she'd come over, would be watching a movie and she'd constantly be coughing and then she'd grab a tissue and then put it to her mouth and then like, kind of like just really sly. Like she had it down. <laughs> like, like she's done this enough. <laughs> and, and so I'd want to ask, and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't ask. You know, she's kind of being sly about it. I mean, maybe it's under the radar. <coughs> and then finally, I was just like, what What are you doing? <laughs> then it was the discussion, well, it's phlegm, it's mucus, it's coming up. And then we get into the whole story of, you know, the situations. But it was just kind of like, should I ask her or can I? And then again, back to what Darcy was saying. I mean, you guys kind of gave us that environment and gave us 
the comfort level to ask those questions. You made it very clear that we could ask you about that. So it was kind of getting over our initial barriers, or mine at least, because I don't ask inquisitive questions personally. <laughs> for living, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely once you kind of get over those initial barriers, then you're able to ask. I think from there on out, it was pretty uh, free-flowing. Yeah, and then after that kind of thing, I could just spit it out. You know, when we're walking around the, around the corner, just spit it out in the tr- the bush or something. <laughs> because yeah, there's definitely like boundaries that have to be set initially. Like, like you yeah. don't want to like on the first date just start like spitting on the sidewalk. Yeah, no. <laughs> see, that, see, awesome after chair. we had conversations about it, I could do that because <laughs> then he understood what was going on, and I had to get it out. So, you know, when you don't have tissues, you gotta just do what you gotta do. <laughs> Then it just becomes a game of watching the reaction of other people who don't know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's yeah, a massive inside joke that they'll never be a part of. Yeah, they're the reverse people watching. So, interesting you say that. Darcy and I finally had the experience of like going through an airport together uh, not too long ago where um, – where you know I have the mask on in the airport, and you know I I think you know that this is also another topic worth talking about. You know, Darcy, I want to know like what was that experience like for you to see me in the airport and see people <laughs> looking at like what the hell is wrong with this guy? So I you know I want to know like what what was that experience like for you on your end? I don't remember so much the airport, but I will speak to, there's been several times where we've gone out into the city and we're very dressed up and we're walking through Penn station, which is like super underground subway and like I'll be in a a ball gown and you're in a suit and you have a mask. Mm -hmm. And that's when I noticed people really kind of like, what the hell are they doing? Um, and it's, it's never been, it's never kind of bothered me, but when we're dressed up and we're in the city and you're wearing a mask is when I probably most notice, Mm-hmm. Um, the stairs, but again, I, I feel like everything kind of all boils down to, and it's such a boring answer, but I just don't care <laughs> about so many yeah. things. And I think this podcast is good because we can unpack that a little bit. And sometimes I try to, when I write blogs, I try to unpack that. But it just that's what it comes down to is, you know, the love is so much bigger than all these things are so small compared to the size of the love that I feel for you. So I just don't care. Like if people get stairs, yeah. I don't care. You're farting and puking up mucus. I don't care. You're coughing all night. I just, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think at some point you do have to assume, like, the carefree attitude, especially oh, yeah. when you're in, like, those areas. I mean, like, we talked about it a second ago where it may be a weakness of mine to, like, not care what other people think about me. But, you know, I think that kind of, like, that is in those kinds of situations, it is a strength, right? Because when we do go through security at the airport, and they're going through my bag of, of medication, like you know, we had the we had that issue a, a while ago when we were coming back from San Diego, and you know, we were going through TSA. We had like it was just a horrendous like security experience, and like it was just going really slow. It was, and, but I mean, the guys are doing their job. It's what they're paid to yeah. do, so it's not a big deal. But like we had a very like a uh, a very, I guess. Like, like anxious traveler or something. You know, she was like the kind of woman that was, and I think we talked about it on the podcast actually, where, you know, she was just impatient and like this guy was like meticulously going through my medications and you could tell she was just very uncomfortable be- to be around it. And like it got to the point where like the manager had to get involved and like, you know, and then like it also, all of a sudden like the, the person who was sick became like the ally for the TSA people because they were like, <laughs> <laughs> this woman had a whole suitcase of food. Oh, and she was the one who got Stop by security. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was a super bizarre situation to be in, and like to have like my CF meds like in the middle of all of it. Um, it was, it was just one of those things where it was like, 
Yeah, like that. That's a that's kind of when you're telling the world that you have CF, whether you like it or not. You know, when you're like, in those like situational environments, those social environments. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard for Darcy and I to answer these questions because we're both very carefree people. Um, <laughs> and that's just, I guess, it's just the way it goes for us. Yeah. Well, what is it? I think when we flew to Utah a couple months ago, um, I think the time that we got stairs wasn't security. I mean, we both get stopped. We carry liquids and meds and everything, but. Uh, we pre-boarded to get on the plane. Tiffany gets on first, put her suitcase up. But then we put the protective seat cover <laughs> over the seat there. And yeah. then she has her mask on. And so when people start boarding, they just see us sitting there. And <laughs> what's running through their mind? Like, is this a quarantine? I mean, is there an infection <laughs> breakout? I mean, is this apocalypse now? They just don't know. So that's kind of where we get the stares. So it's kind of just like yeah. a guessing game as to watching them walk by. Ooh, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Um, then, yeah. But, it's yeah. funny when people have to sit next to me. If they have to. Oh, yeah. And you just see, like, hesitation. A lot of people just walk by me. <laughs> and they don't they don't even make eye contact. They just walk by me, and then they'll sit down. Some people ask, actually. They have asked me, like, so what's up with the mask or something like <laughs> uh-huh. that? I'm like, I'm not contagious. I have cystic fibrosis. Like, don't worry. <laughs> I'm protecting myself. So, like, that, was, that has come up. But, um, yeah, usually people just stare. <laughs> I mean, those things don't really bother me, but I know that doesn't really help people who may be listening. Um, you know, like, oh, I don't care. It doesn't really help the person who may have that that valid right, that right. valid that valid feeling. Well, so, yes, it is a valid yeah. feeling. Some, yeah, it is valid. I used to feel that way when I was younger, like going on planes or having to wear my mask somewhere, and I always felt like I was isolated. Like people were just looking at me, like. I'm contagious, of course. That's usually what they think when you have a mask. Um, if I went, even when I went to the hospital and wore like a, a fancier mask, people would say, would just look at me. So I kind of felt kind of self conscious about it in a way. And just like, why are people staring at me? But, but you, you know why they're staring at you. For, you know what I mean? You don't, it's not, it's not, it's weird to see someone with a mask on. So, I don't know. I, I know what the people are feeling. It's just like now I don't care. But <laughs> back then I did. So you kind of just have to realize that people are just looking because they don't see it very often. They're not mm-hmm. used to that. So they're not like judging you. They just are curious or mm-hmm. they kind of want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, you know, we have one or two more things that I want to get through here. Uh, and what, one of the things is... Um, that you know, people have this feeling that like they can't be understood, like like they can't be totally, completely understood by their significant other. Like they they feel that they're just so inherently different because they're living with a chronic illness that they just cannot mm-hmm. be understood by you know the person that they're dating or the person that they're you know that they're that they're going out with, whatever. You know, I've never really felt that way, right? Like, I, I, I kind of feel like I, um, yes, like I have very, you know, good CF friendships, um, and obviously it's super easy to, you know, become friends with someone with CF, just based on you know shared mutual experiences. But um, I've never really like felt like that. Darcy can't understand what I'm going through. Like she's, you know, she definitely. And, and the same goes for a lot of my friends too, and my parents. Like you know, they're there, especially like my college, my college roommates. Like you know, they were there with me every single day of my life for four years, and you know, they saw yeah. the best of times, they saw the worst of times, and yeah. they believe me. Like if, if they didn't understand what I was going through, you know, I, 
I, they wouldn't they be my roommates. So I don't know. You know, but like, but but I but I I kind of I disagree. Like I feel like my like Darcy understands when I'm having a bad time, or like you know she understands mm-hmm. when I am not doing well. <laughs> I feel like I understand right. you better than you understand yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I like like I I feel like Darcy definitely understands what I'm going through, and my believe me, my mom certainly does. My mom can tell in three seconds how I'm doing. Like, I don't even need to, like, say a word. My mom can be like, oh, you're sick again. Or she'll be like, oh, you're having a great day. Um, so, you know, like, as far as, like, having, like, meeting people who, like, may not understand you, like, I think that just comes across meeting the right person. You know, I think it comes right. down to, like, coming across the right person who can empathize with you initially and then be willing to learn about CF. And then, yeah, like, Darcy can tell when I'm very, very frustrated. Like, she, you know, she called me out recently for, like, you know, being more irritable normally than than I have been. And, it, you know, could be related to, you know, some, you know, a bunch of different things that are going on in my life. But, like, you know, Darcy definitely has a very good eye for how I'm doing in the moment. And uh, so I guess I'm wondering, you know, do you feel like, you understand what I'm going through because you know it's, it's a hard question to answer, right? but it's a funny, but it's a question that I have to ask because it's something that people don't you know have a hard time with. Said that actually, yeah, and I think it comes down to I want to say, and I'm remembering this for the first time, having not thought about it in three years. Did we have a conversation early on about empathy versus sympathy? Yes, yeah. So like, I, that you have people in your life who have sympathy for you, but you're looking yeah. for people who have empathy for you. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's so the way. So for those of you who may not, uh, <laughs> you know, who may not either follow the blog or you know have not are, are new to the podcast, you know, one of the big things that I look for from people is empathy. You know, I want people to be able to you know uh, get into my shoes and and see what I'm going through and and understand me that way. And the reason the way I do that is I like I told Darcy before when we first started dating was to ask me any question you want and everything's on the table and I like invite him to come into my life. I don't want people to look at me and feel bad for me. Like that's no. that, that there's a very big that's difference crazy. between between empathy and sympathy and sympathy is yeah. not something I ever look for. I mean I could be as sick as hell and I still don't want someone to feel bad for me. Like I don't want someone to just you know be like oh you're so like you're so cute you're an inspiration to me because you're so sick. Like you know I want like if I if I'm ever going to be an inspiration to someone I want it to be because I've done something really cool or something awesome. Um, and you know like 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 Tiffany like you went through a transplant that's fucking awesome. Um, you know like that like that's like that's a really inspiring thing and you know like like that's an achievement that you have in your life. So like that's a really cool thing. So like but like at the same time like I don't want someone to be like oh just because you get up and have your treatments every day you're an inspiring person. Like that's not what I want in my life. Um, so I think you could look at this a few ways. I think I definitely can empathize with you. I think I can sense your your thoughts and feelings um, and label them. And I think I can we can relate to a lot of different things, CF and not. To Tiff's point, though, you know, I have no idea and I can't fathom what the snap, crackle, pop in your lungs feels like. I can hear it, but like I can't compare that to anything. So that's why, you know, I'm so happy that you do have those those friendships and relationships with people who can relate to that. And that's that's an interesting thing to talk about too because at first mm-hmm. it's kind of weird when you get in a relationship with someone and they have a level of intimacy with other people that they'll never have with you. That's something that's different about a relationship with a person with CF than a relationship with someone without CF mm-hmm. is is learning those. And for the most part, I've usurped most of your CF friends and they're yeah. my they're, they're my CF friends now, too. Um, and it's been just a wonderful, amazing thing in my life. But at the beginning, that was kind of like, huh, he's, you know, opening up to, to other people. And what's that like? Right. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like, like, like in your case, Jeff, like Tiffany had a best friend that <laughs> halfway across the country, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, like, like she had this big, giant internet friend, and, you know, like, that's like, that's like, a, it was a huge part of, it was a huge part of her life. So, you know, I think that's, you know, that's like, a, that's a unique thing of CF. So, you know, I guess yeah. I'm, one, you know, I want to know from your end, Jeff, you know, how have you, like, I guess, approached the understanding piece of this? Yeah, you know, the one thing that comes to mind when I think about it is when Tiffany and I were at one of her fundraising events and the Cystic Fibrosis uh, Foundation was there and had a table set up. And what they were doing was they were having people try and blow up balloons through a straw to kind of get a feeling of how hard it was for Tiffany to just do normal things and how her breathing was. So I remember trying to do that. And it wasn't until I did that that I think I really started to kind of get a better understanding of Maybe I shouldn't rush her up those stairs at home by shooting her with a Nerf gun. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's definitely little things that we've done that have kind of helped me to get a better understanding of what it is she's facing and going through. Um, but also, it is the value is, I mean, you can't even calculate what she has with this network of people who have CF. I mean, the ability to relate to them and to kind of share these experiences and to give her advice and to solicit the advice. I mean, it's done wonders for her. Um, and I think that it's an amazing kind of support system that she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he knows when I feel bad, too. I think Definitely. he's always known. He's always um, whenever I was going to have an exacerbation, he's like, OK, we're going to the hospital. I think we need to go. <laughs> I think it's time. And I just I remember how no. casual it was, too. The first yeah. time, I mean, Tiffany just looked at me. She's like, I think we need to go to the ER. I'm just kind of like, are you serious? <laughs> like, it's it's Saturday. It's 830. Like, we're about to start the movie. Like, ER? But, I mean, it was just so casual. And it, and I kind of just took it as, like, a joke. And I was like, okay, no, we got to go. So, but, I mean, definitely a learning curve. But, I mean, it's... And yeah. then we kind of understood, like, how I would start to progress for you know, for getting another exacerbation or something, he would understand, like, just listening to me or, you know, me coughing way more. Like, we've talked about, like, our family and friends, they know our cough, so they know when we are going to, or we're getting sick, mm-hmm. especially the mothers, but <laughs> they know that cough. They know mm-hmm. that mucus production that's happening and that it's time for antibiotics. So I think he really understood that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, no, I agree. I, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, you're going to spend a lot of time with someone. You're going to pick up on it. So I I, I I, get the feeling that people are worried about not having the other person ever being able to understand. But um, I, I do kind of disagree with the sentiment that, you know, if you're willing to let the person in, you can yeah. allow them to understand. Yet yeah, they're never going to be able sure. Darcy's never going to be able to feel what it likes to have pancreatitis in the middle of the night. Like, and God willing, she never well, did. Not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. but like, but like, CF, or like, but like, but like, CF related or something, yeah. or like, we're getting a pick line placed in and having to deal with you know side effects from antibiotics, just yeah, work all the time. But but I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like, like, in in, in a way that um you know it, it, that happens for people with CF, where it's just like a part of our lives where we just kind of like overlook it. You know, God willing, she never has to deal with those things. But but that's not that's not something that I like care to share. You know, with Darcy, right. I don't, I don't like care for her to ever have to feel those things. So, but I, you know, I am, you know, happy for her to, you know, be there and watch her, you know, and have her watch me struggle and have her, you know, feel like she can help. You know, allowing one of the one of the things that I, 
wanted to work on, especially you know, early in the relationship, was allowing Darcy to help and you know feeling like she can like be a contributing teammate. You know, like I said earlier, you know, the, the team is only as strong as the weakest player. But if I'm not giving you know those players opportunities to shine, then you know the team's gonna fail. So you know, I have to give all my yeah. I mean, I give all of my teammates you know a chance a chance to run the play. You know, so um, that's kind of like the way I kind of look at it, and and I guess how I you know the metaphor that I use when it comes to dating. So, uh, But we're, we're, we're almost out of time here, so I want to give uh, Darcy and Jeff the last word here for a very special Valentine's Day episode. Um, you know, if you guys could give any sort of advice to either significant others, people dating, uh, people with CF, or people with CF who may have some reservations about getting into dating or who may feel like uh, dating is tough for them, you know, what, uh, you can give any one piece of advice to one group, just address it when you give it. What is that uh, advice that you're going to give? I think the most concerned population is a population that you didn't mention. I think just from like the internet and people I've talked to, the most the, the population who's most concerned with the issue of dating is parents <laughs> of little like two year olds with CS. Yeah. Like, is my kid gonna find someone? And like you got twenty years to worry about it and the answer is yes. That's all I wanna say. Yes, your child will find someone, they'll be very happy, they will be very loved for exactly who they are, and it'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I would I would second that by saying don't ever let don't ever make yourself feel like you're not worth what you want because of CF because that's baggage doesn't matter someone out there is going to love you for it so keep going Good. Well, that is uh, very uh, heartwarming advice from our uh, very special panelists uh, on the podcast today. Um, but it was Darcy and Jeff. Uh, thank you guys for for taking the time out of your night and struggling again with uh, Darcy and uh, with Tiffany and I through the podcast or suffering through it rather. Oh, throwing the heart emoji. There it is. Uh, yeah, that that's for the for the people watching on YouTube. You got something really special there. <laughs> you got another one. So, Sophie. Yeah, it's a full experience. If you're if you're watching if you're watching on YouTube, you get a you get the full experience here. Um, but so that's so I guess that brings me to where uh, we can see the the, uh, the podcast. We upload every Thursday. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and GunnerSizen.com. We are working on getting on other platforms as well, like Spotify um, and in the uh, Android Store, uh, Google Plus, whatever whatever that mm-hmm. is called. Um, so uh, it will happen. Uh, we're working on it. The podcast will be available in more places very soon. Uh, I know that's one of the big, the big pieces of feedback that we're getting, and it's going to happen. Um, yeah. You can always go also go to GunnerAssize.com to listen to the podcast too. We're on uh, Instagram, which is at breathe underscore in underscore pod. That's also the email address breathe underscore in underscore pod at assize.org. Gunnar Sison, Tiffany and Salty Sisters. That's Darcy and Jeff. Have a very wonderful wonderful valentine's day everyone's favorite day of the year also happy seven and a half year anniversary to tiffany and jeff well done you get a prize for making it that far um and uh just want to say thanks again guys for uh, joining us and we will see everyone next week thanks guys Bye. bye